0: This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Welcome to the B Sides, a podcast for progressives who love pop music. We're your hosts. I'm Hannah.
1: I'm Mimi. And I'm Becky. Tune in for new episodes every other Wednesday to hear our conversations
2: on pop's place in our world and the music you should put in your ears to fuel your reckoning with the trash fires all around us. Thanks for tuning in. Here we go.
0: Hi, welcome back. Becky, Mimi, how are you doing? Solid. Amazing. Yeah. Perfect as always. How are you? I'm good. We're recording this the day after Taylor dropped her fearless re-release. So I'm still riding that high for sure.
1: Yeah. Don't even bring up the F word because we can get down a long train. That's not (laughs) what we're talking about today. It's not.
0: It's not. We can't wait to dive into this week's episode. But first, subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Today we're going to be talking about Lil Nas X's new music video Montero Call Me By Your Name and the right-wing backlash to it. But first, we're going to take a quick break and before I do, I want to get a little uh, cheesy about this. Um this is our, with with this episode, we are launching our very first ever ads on the B-sides, which we're very excited about and really proud of. So thank you to our first two advertisers. Um, We love you both very much. Please enjoy these first ads on the B-sides. And we'll be back after this break. And Introducing is a podcast about words, about music. In each episode, co-hosts Chris Wade and Molly O'Brien discuss a different musical artist through the lens of music writing. And Introducing is our pod friend, since Becky and Mimi and I have all been guests on the show before. They've explored memoirs by everyone,
1: from Jeff Tweedy, Jessica Simpson, that happens to be our episode if you want to tune in. They've gone deep on Kanye's tweets and the Rolling Stone 500's Greatest Albums list, and they once tried to decipher a minimalist coffee table book about Bjork.
2: They're currently in the midst of a mini series about Michael Azarad's Our Band Could Be Your Life, which chronicles the rise of indie rock and the DIY scene in America in the 1980s, with episodes featuring guests like Rob Sheffield, and Maria Sherman. You can listen to and introducing wherever fine podcasts are offered. And of course, can always find them at soundcloud.com slash and dash intro dash pod.
1: What is up, everyone? Do you sometimes feel like something's missing in your life? Like there's more out there that the world has to offer? Are there things that you've always wanted to try, but for one reason or another, you haven't tried them yet? If so, then the Fun With Friends podcast is just for you. The Fun With Friends podcast explores what happens when you stop overthinking and just start doing. It's a podcast about pushing yourself, trying new things, and just getting out there. Whether that's traveling to a new place, checking items off of your bucket list, or starting your own business, we cover it all. So get out there, try something new, and have some fun.
0: And we're back. Today, we're going to go over Lil Nas X's new song, the new music video, and the conservative backlash to those pieces of art. We'll also zoom out a bit to examine what that backlash means and what other forms it takes. So let's begin our overview with Lil Nas X's own words. I think that's a good way for us to get grounded in the rest of this conversation. The day his single came out, he tweeted, I spent my entire teenage years hating myself because of the shit y'all preached what happened to me because I was gay. So I hope you are mad. Stay mad. Feel the same anger you teach us to have towards ourselves. That's our Backdrop. That's that's what I think we're going to be thinking about as we dive into the rest of this episode. So what's the story? Let's break it down a little bit. So Lil Nas X, who is a newly minted 22-year-old rapper, happy birthday, who's was just, just last week, famous for not only his smash hit Old Town Road, which justifiably kept uh, Taylor Swift's me from being number one on the charts, which is a funny thing about that year, Uh, also famous for being incredibly charming. And he came out with a song called Montero, Call Me By Your Name, at the end of March of this year. This song is super sexy and propulsive. It has a trap beat, but some hear influences of reggae and flamenco. Mimi and Becky, what do you think? What do you think of the song?
2: Okay, I agree with you, Hannah. I love the flamenco of it all. I love that the lyrics are like both extremely explicit and creative. That's fun. And I feel like we've been talking a lot about marketing lately, or I've just been thinking about it. And I I think it's interesting. I think there are multiple endings that exist, but like the way it ends in this main version and fades out is interesting because it almost sounds like an interlude, like it's not over and it leaves you wanting more, but it is over. So then you just want to stream it again. And I think that is like a clever marketing tool, if a little annoying when I think about it too much.
1: Yeah. It's funny. I don't want to stream it again. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just not my kind of music. I respect the hell out of him and I like what he's doing and I like what he's doing in this space. It's just, it's not my, it's not my jam. That said, perhaps the summer, if I hear it in a bar or something like that, I definitely can dance and move, but I wasn't like, oh, I want to rewatch his music video like 40 times.
2: Yeah. Maybe it'll be one of those things where ultimately you hear it enough Somewhere against your will, that your brain rewards you for recognizing it, and then you come to like it. But maybe not.
1: I think I I could see it. I could see it. I could see it like that. I can see it definitely playing at some outdoor bars and being like
2: grooving. You guys can't see me, but we're doing some dancing. (laughs) All right, so let's get into this a little more. So Montero is Lil Nas X's name. And Call Me By Your Name, of course, references the 2017 movie with the same title. This movie was groundbreaking for depicting the complexities of a particular queer love story. But Call Me By Your Name did star two straight men, one of whom is a cannibal, Army Hammer, (laughs) lest we forget. So it's not the most surprising thing that someone actually queer would want to take that text and make it more real for them especially because it was such a big deal in terms of showing a queer male love story. Lil Nas X definitely knew that. What he was creating was a cultural touchstone as defining as the 2017 film. Um, as he was creating it, it's almost as prescient as Ariana Grande singing Lease This Song is a Smash on Thank You Next, obviously as she's recording it. When you know, you know. In the accompanying music video, heavy
1: on digital visuals, which I liked. There are three distinct scenes that are all center around religious symbols. Lil Nas plays a snake in the garden of Eden and Adam. He plays an accused man in Rome and the accusers. The man can do it all. And then the pole dances to hell when he gives a lap dance to
0: Satan. We'll break down the music
1: video more in a little bit, but just wanted to give you some palette intrigue.
0: Mm -hmm. And when the single was released, Um, One of the things that was very powerful about the day of the release was that Lil Nas X shared a notes app note. And at this point, we all know what a notes app note means, which is honesty time. (laughs) That's that's how you know. But of course, in all seriousness, the note is incredibly touching and vulnerable. And it's written to his younger self saying, I wrote a song with our name in it. I know we promised never to come out publicly. I know we promised never to be, quote unquote, that type of gay person. I know we promised to die with this secret, but this will open doors for many other queer people to simply exist. So something that might be obvious, but it's worth being super explicit about is that this song is really important. I mean, there's so many reasons why many of which we will discuss in this podcast, but one of the things I was thinking about um, as I was watching this music video and listening to this song and just trying to consume all of this rollout is that this song is incredibly human I feel like this song is about breaking out of binaries and I don't necessarily only mean the binaries of sexuality or gender, but just the binaries that society imposes on all people, right? So he, he created this incredibly tender cloud around what's really a fun and raunchy song and video, but then pairing it with the notes app note is really, really tender and vulnerable. So he doesn't pick tender or powerful, vulnerable or confident, playful or serious, You know, there's parts where he's in control in the song and he's also so deeply impacted by the person he's seeing in the song. So he does it all because that's how humans work and that's how telling real stories works.
1: Yeah, and there's also so much promo on this song. And to be clear, promo is part of any singles rollout. So it isn't unusual, but honestly, he's so good at creating artistic moments. So the rollout really was a wild ride. Some highlights were a TikTok challenge called Pole Dance to Hell and a video game called Twerk Hero. Also, he released three accompanying YouTube videos, including a video that is literally just a bathroom that's flooded in red light, and the song is playing muffled. Brilliant. And the title of the video is Montero, but in your bathroom of hell, while Lil Nas is giving Satan a lap dance in the other room. We'll we'll put the YouTube link in the show notes so everyone can enjoy that this is actually real. Um and as part of the promotion for this era, he announced the launch of just six 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 pairs of customized Nike Air Max shoes called Satan shoes, which remain in collaboration with a conceptual art shop. Most notably, though, they are made with one drop of human blood in each. They cost over a thousand dollars and they're Honestly, stunning, and they are of course being sued by Nike because they want to distance themselves from the whole thing. Which ugh, stupid Nike being like Black Lives Matter, but maybe not this Black Life for this very cool uh, type of promotion. The shoe says Luke ten colon eighteen on them, and for those who are wondering what Luke ten eighteen says, if you're unfamiliar with with biblical quotes, it says he replied. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Wow.
2: It's intense. It's, impre- it's cool. And Lil Nas X is a brilliant artist and one of the best celebrities, if the examples above weren't enough. And we mean that he's like great at being famous and navigating celebrity in the 2010s and 2020s. He gets the internet, he gets good music, he's really savvy. And he's clever and creative in a way that probably would have manifested in another way in a different time, but happens to manifest now in his digital media and his posting abilities, let's say, on several different platforms.
1: Yeah, he's just really good at TikTok. And I think maybe that's being a member of Gen Z, too, uh, that he's good at it, but he's really, really good at content creation. And that should not be something that we overlook or I think like musicians, some musicians would like Kill or pay people to do what little Nas can do on TikTok and social media in general.
2: All right, so let's get into the main visual medium here, which is this already iconic instant classic music video. So, of course, there's a lot of religious imagery in this piece. And when asked by Vogue if he's been fascinated by religion in the past, Nas says. I'd say more imprisoned, which is sad. This is a video about an artist exploring his identity and the role of religion and of society in the way he sees himself. So, okay, there's a lot going on in this music video. Let's start at the start, which is, of course, the Garden of Eden, where it all began. And there's, significantly, there's a tree with a quote from Plato's Symposium which is a philosophical text by Plato about some philosophers, including everyone's fave slash least fave, Socrates, absolute menace gathering at a banquet. And they're there for a contest of who can deliver the best speech that praises the God of love and desire Eros. So in particular, Eros symbolizes both erotic love and that's, I think, what the passage is about on the tree. But beyond that, Eros is also this, like, spirit that encourages courage and great work and, like, vanquishes the fear of death that humans have. It's like, he's like the opposite of the death god, essentially, Um, which I think is pretty significant. So basically, Eros represents our drive to survive, obviously holding a lot of weight in this context and transcends this like earthly life as spirits often do um and eros actually translates to love which is tricky because like ancient languages can be difficult to translate and so it sparked a lot of debates about like what the word means and the intention behind it which is really interesting to me because the word love like can mean so many things and can be a healing word but also like has been weaponized especially against queer people probably so it's interesting in this context um
0: anyway from there talk about how when I made this google doc Mimi I put it in like the very cursory piece about the quote from Plato's Symposium and all of the things that for the audience all the things that Mimi just said like she knows (laughs) this is stuff that you know which is so cool thank you for fleshing this out for us the well I I definitely like looked it up again to
2: make sure that I was right but the only reason I know it is because when you're a historian sometimes you're forced to learn Greek mythology in like introductory history classes so I had some like vague recollections that I clarified but yeah thank you thank you all right so let's move from Greece to Rome as everyone does as history is want to do as this videos want to do Okay, so from there, the video cuts to a Roman symposium of sorts where Nas appears to be on trial. And what's notable is that all of the accusers, all of the guards, are also Lil Nas X. Of course, like, this is convenient in COVID times, but it isn't just because of COVID precautions. This is illustrating how sometimes our harshest accusers are us, are ourselves.
1: So he gets literally stoned. Uh, goes up to heaven but before he gets there naturally a pole shoots up and he grabs it now iconically dances down to hell which if you're going to go to hell i think that's really the best way to go uh satan is there sitting on his throne surrounded by latin words that translate to they condemn what they do not understand he walks up confidently to satan gives him a lap dance breaks his neck and takes his horns slash crown. All of this is happening amongst a lot of digital visuals and also great hair and makeup and
2: costumes. Yes. And all the characters played by himself, again, except for the devil, because these are the enemies inside of our head. So he's like exploring these different facets of his own personality, our own personalities and demons as humans And so when he encounters the devil, it's clear that while, yes, he's depicting the capital D devil, he's also exploring his own personal devil, the demons in his head, the parts of himself that he thought were evil or unworthy. And he's taking control, which is really cool.
0: Yeah. In in a BuzzFeed article that we can link in the show notes, uh, Andrea Moore wrote... Not only is he fully trolling those who have undoubtedly told him that he's going to hell for his sexuality, but it could also be a nod to his confession earlier this year that he was at one point suicidal, i.e. dancing with death. So there's a lot going on here. Um, And those are some really serious themes, but also the video is super playful. Um, One example of this is that I just uh, was reading an interview with the director of the video and um she mentioned that the guards in Rome all wearing like wearing all denim outfits was inspired by the Justin and Brittany all denim outfits. She was like, that's just iconic, like make it fashion. So
2: we can't escape. <laughs> I'm I'm face palming, but in a way where I also appreciate it. It's complex. <laughs> right, exactly. I love that. I know. Um on a
1: light note, this music video really reminded me so much of like a Sims Expansion pack that I would have, like, forced my Sims to do. Um, So while those themes are really important, on a light note, I literally walked into the video and I was like, I feel like I'm in a Sims game. I'm like, ooh, which expansion
2: pack? Living Large? House Party? (laughs) Living Large.
1: House Party, or, like, they maybe, you know, Sims Expansion Pack could get, like, exploring religious themes, you know, expansion pack religion, or... uh, Like, Hot Date, but...
2: (laughs) Religion,
0: but literally burning hot date. Now I'm kind of surprised, given all of the different promo that Lil Nas did for this. I'm like now a little disappointed he didn't come out with his own expansion pack for this universe. It's not too late. It's called marketing that you know you you keep things coming. Right, 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 right. Totally. Yeah, Mimi, what did you think of the music video?
2: Um. Well, first, you know, like wow the magic of cgi how, look how far we've come you know um and i definitely think it's impactful to have him play every role as we've been discussing like he's talking to himself he's running from himself he's seducing himself and i love the way that the plato symposium concept ultimately connects to the rejection of heaven and the hell pole devil moment it's just like so clever Um, there's just a lot to it and it's very serious and very silly at once, which I love. It's like my favorite, I guess it's, and it's like so entertaining and historic. I think, um, like broadly this video feels revolutionary in ways that are good to talk about now as it's happening, but also in ways that we slash everyone can't fully see or describe because we don't have that much hindsight yet like it's in the middle of trailblazing and it's so cool when you know you're witnessing some groundbreaking moment in pop culture as we are here. So I think it's great. And I also know that these types of moments often come with major backlash,
0: which is also scary in its own way and also expected. I love that perspective Mimi, because it I think that it is really cool to just kind of sit in a, in a powerful moment and like take a little bit of a step back and just like, this is going to, this is a moment we're like in a watershed moment right now. Thank you for reminding us to stop and smell those pop culture roses. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and as you mentioned um, that this, that, you know, big moments that change the world come with backlash. That's how it works. So um, in the music video and in the song, conservatives have definitely seen in this, a, a very anti-Christian text, but in many ways, interestingly, it is actually a super-Christian text and a religious text. At the very least, it's clearly about someone who is trying to find his place in Christianity and is not having an easy time of it. Um, so, we'll take this conversation about the music video and bridge it with our our next uh, topic, which is the the backlash, which we need to talk about. Um, And there was a really interesting quote I read from a Mother Jones article by Sam Van Pickeren that I'll read. These are Sam's words. I'm not foolish. I understand why a black gay man bothers some Christians and why the video in which Lil Nas X pole dances down to hell and gives Satan a lap dance really, really bothers them. But I also saw something else. Montero is engaging with the church's symbols seriously. Most pop stars sell sex in their work in a way that rejects the church completely. But Montero is asking to be a part of its lineage in many ways. Montero's claim here is not a rejection of the church or its value. It's an invitation for Christians to reflect and ask questions about how they might align their faith with Christ's message love. So that's just one read of it, of course. Um, And listeners who are, um, we are three Jewish girls, You know, um, (laughs) Christian listeners would love to hear your uh, perspective on, on these themes that we've talked about so far. Okay, great. So why don't we dive into what the backlash has looked like so far and why it matters? Totally. Let's do it. So after
2: this video was released, a few things happened very quickly. Conservatives jumped on this, as they always do when there is something to be racist and homophobic at. You've got your talking heads, you've got your TikTokers, YouTubers, pastors, across the world basketball stars, and notably, politicians. All seeing this as a great opportunity for them to illustrate how culture is descending into heathenism and scream about how awful it is that someone dares to live their life with joy instead of just being miserable and self-loathing. This is a song we've heard before. This is a culture war we've heard before and seen before. It, it keeps happening.
1: Yeah, conservatives are always waiting at the ready for this kind of backlash. And at the end of the day, they are content creators who need to find clickbait to exploit and flames to fan. We get it. We all do the same. We are pop culture watchers, too. But this backlash was bigger than normal, and there are a number of reasons why. But the most important one that we should be very clear about is little Nas X is gay, and he is also Black. He's a Black gay man who is successful, who is joyful, and who is very influential. Those things threaten the foundations of Christian hegemony, so they need to pounce. The vitriol was clearly aimed at capitalizing on the conservative hatred of so
0: much of what little Nas represents. And he reacted, I think he's been, been reacting amazingly and bravely and also hilariously at times and confidently, um, very confident. And, you know, while the confidence might and probably, or might be, and probably is super real, super genuine, it's also important to just realize that even if he's coming off very confident, like a lot of these words and actions are very, are very hurtful, um, and I think it's important to know that, you know, he still could be, we don't know what he's experiencing right now as he's witnessing this backlash more than any of us are, obviously.
2: Absolutely. Like none of us have or will be in this position ever. And it does mean something that he, it's like he prepared so much because he knew the backlash would come. But it's another thing to sort of like be right in the middle of it. And it's a it's a reason why, You know, earlier in his life, he promised that he essentially wouldn't do this because it's it's terrifying. So let's talk about Lil Nas X's orientation towards this backlash, because sometimes in pop culture, quote unquote, backlash looks like Taylor Swift being caught like a deer in headlights in a trap or in her own words, quote, a narrative I never asked to be a part of since 2009, end quote. That's not at all what's happening here. I don't think that he would ever say anything like that. He's in control. He knew this was coming. That's not to say, like you said, Hannah, that he isn't hurt by the super harmful words that many people are throwing his way. But it seems here that he knew that no matter what he did, he would get attention and a lot of it would be negative. So he decided to get ahead of it and control the entire narrative. Uh, One line in the song goes, sign of the times every time that I speak. And then the next line is about how Old Town Road was at the top of the charts for a long time. So one reading of this is that he's saying he knows how influential he is. But another reading of this line is that he knows that no matter what he says, people will read into it something political or something about race, something about sexuality, something about Gen Z. It's a sobering reminder that some people can't escape what the right wing condemns as quote unquote identity politics, no matter what.
0: Right. And then what that reminds me of is that in the accompanying notes app note, which we mentioned earlier, another part of the note says, you see, this is very scary for me. People will be angry. They will say I am pushing an agenda, but the truth is I am the agenda to make people stay the fuck out of other people's lives and stop dictating who they should be. So like let's unpack this line. Firstly, he acknowledges fear, which is super important because as as we're talking about like he's coming off super confidently, but you can still be scared. Someone's someone in some movie, maybe it was like Frozen or something, is like you can only be brave when when you're scared. I don't know where that's from. I didn't make it up, but it's like you could bravery only exists when you are scared. Otherwise it's not actually brave bravery. So he's acknowledging fear. And If he is benefiting ultimately from this, which of course he is, this is a huge hit. He's like, you know, he's killing it right now. So he's benefiting, but it's not without wounds. He's not coming out of it unscathed. And finally, he's explicitly saying he is pushing a political agenda, which I absolutely love. I think more people should feel comfortable saying that and doing that. Um, I think a lot of people want to distance themselves. A lot of artists want to distance themselves from a political agenda and say, this is just my story, which I totally understand when people say that. But in this case, I love that he was like, yeah, I have a really, I have a really clear goal from, from doing this the way I'm doing it, which I love.
1: Yeah. And I, and as you stated, like he has benefited tremendously from this backlash. Like where they always say all press is good press, which I don't necessarily think is completely true, but of course it's led to more streamings and attention, which for better or worse, which in a lot of ways equals plays and then equals money. Like I'm sure with the, I know streaming isn't that, isn't how an artist makes a lot of money, but it is getting him a lot of attention and a lot of eyes on him and he's profiting off the culture war, which he's trapped in. So good for him, honestly. like He may not have started the fire, but he brought some gasoline. And I think he's doing a lot of things that other artists, Hannah, I think, which you touched upon, have tried to do, but not successfully, because they'll only go like one foot in, and he's throwing his entire body
0: in there, which is amazing. Totally. So that gets to another piece of this backlash, which is about being a role model, what it means to be a role model or not. Okay. So B-Sides friend, Brett, hi, Brett, um, sent us an article by Craig Jenkins in vulture about this backlash, which kind of inspired this whole episode. So thank you, Brett. Um, and as a side note, he put the link in the B-Sides Facebook group. So that's just, you know, another reminder for you to join our Facebook group to get these juicy takes.
1: Well, the article did a great job of laying out is that it's this vitriolic backlash was based on this incredibly dumb and false sense that pop music should be kids music. Spoiler alert. It's not. Kids pops exist for a reason. Uh, pop stars are not babysitters as we discussed in our Britney Spears episode two weeks ago, which if you haven't listened to, you should listen to, but finish this podcast first, uh, They are artists, so they have big and complicated feelings about adult emotions and situations. And they express and process their experiences through public art, which we are fortunate enough to consume. They are not children's entertainers. And the conservative backlash was so focused on what the quote-unquote kids are consuming. Leaving aside the fact that many, many kids are queer and they hear you talk and they hear you when they talk shit about little Nas X, the larger point that little Nas X should be putting out G rated content is ridiculous. And one that we at the B
0: sides do not endorse and should be squashed. Exactly. A hundred percent. He is not a babysitter. He is an artist. So there's that. And that was a big part of this article that we're referencing, but there's a second part of this. As I was putting together this episode, There was this nagging voice in my head that said, yes, that proposition is dumb and bad. And you have to admit that pop culture is powerful and seeps in everywhere, right? Like it's not, it is actually not ridiculous to think that parents know their kids will see things. And there's something actually funny about a similarity between our enterprise and the Fox News enterprise, which is that we actually all believe that pop culture matters, right? Like we actually both, we both believe that it shapes and reflects our society and has an impact. We do. And, and when something offends our values, we're allowed about it. It's true.
2: We can't, we can't just not acknowledge that pop culture icons are role models and adult pop culture is important for kids in some ways and inescapable in some ways. I listened, I watched a lot of like DMX, RIP, DMX videos at the tender age of nine or 10. And you know what? Turned out great, all right? It's fine, debatable. But, um, you know, like another example is in, in the Britney documentary that we watched from this year, it highlighted the many, fans who were talking about what she meant to them including gay men who were coming up in the 90s and said things like you know it was the 90s I wasn't accepted as I am but her music and performances helped me find the courage to be myself anyway or access parts of myself that were liberating um I'm paraphrasing here but that was like the gist of it and you know so it's It's like people, a lot of people see themselves in pop stars. And, you know, we we can't really deny that. Yeah. And of course,
1: this is an ongoing conversation across pop music right now as Demi Lovato dropped her newest four-part documentary that shows the pressures that an artist is under to be a positive role model and, like, feelings about Demi aside. So in some ways, we have that in common with these conservatives where we believe that pop music has an impact. However... That's where the similarities, you know, sort of end. Uh, we believe everyone can live their fucking lives and we want to see a world where people are liberated and thriving. And I would say they, they believe quite the opposite. Their agenda of bigotry and hate is so wide reaching and ensnares artists like little Nas X in it's Wake. And we just want to say we love you, little Nas X, if you're listening and we've got your back if you need three white girls. We're there.
0: We are. You need us,
1: but you have us, in uh-huh. case you do. I love it.
2: Besides it's Army. All right. Up. <laughs> all right, so let's get into an entirely separate backlash. Um, but still important, because a part of this song's crash landing into culture is related to FKA Twig's in 2019 she put out a song in a music video called cellophane and the song itself has very little to do with montero but the videos are similar and many people quickly noted that fka twigs pole dances vulnerably and artfully throughout and then about halfway through the pole seems to be extending up towards heaven but before she can get there she falls and falls until she hits red earth and the segment uses a lot of digital visuals. Um, and interestingly, in addition to the visual similarities between the two music videos, they share a choreographer. So there are a lot of similarities in, in one segment of the video.
0: Yeah. And people pretty immediately noticed these similarities and were commenting about this, including, like, I guess, once again, um, in the b Facebook group, uh, someone posted, like, did anyone see that this video is a lot like cellophane? So that was kind of fun. Um, and right after the director of the cellophane music video, um, Andrew Thomas Huang said, these are his words, when an artist is in a position of power amplified with the help of major record labels, social media, PR, etc., and repurposes someone's labor and ideas to serve their brand image, they cause harm by displacing the efforts of the artists who did the original legwork. Intentional or not, copying other artists' work happens. Making music videos is a labor of love. The demand for content pushed by major labels renders our work disposable and pits artists against each other. Oof. I urge the music community, particularly major record labels like this is Lil Nas X's label, Columbia Records, to respect directors, uphold artists' accountability, and honor the ingenuity of artists dedicating their blood, sweat, and tears to imagine better futures amidst a broken industry. That was a long quote, but I thought all of it was awesome. So just wanted to share his words.
1: Yeah, and it's good because sometimes in life, bad things happen, but then sometimes beautiful things happen. And the two artists got on the phone and they talked it out. Little Nas X then posted an Instagram clip of Cellophane calling Cellophane a visual masterpiece and claiming he was not aware that FKA Twig's visual would serve as an inspiration for those who worked on the effects of his video. He said, I want to thank you to Twig's for calling me and informing me about the similarities between the two videos. As I was not aware they were so close, was only excited for the video to come out. I understand how hard you work to bring these vis- this visual to life. You deserve so much more love and praise. Then FKA Twigs posted her positive thoughts, thanking him for the gentle, honest conversation and for acknowledging the inspiration Fame gave you and your creative team in creating your iconic video. She highlighted his expression and bravery in pushing culture forward for the queer community. And she thanked sex workers and strippers for providing the physical language to make both videos possible. She highlighted the organization called swarm an organization supporting sex workers and fighting against the criminalization of their work um it's awesome and fuck Shia LaBeouf and at the end of the day we absolutely love to see it
0: yeah it was like this is how you do it this is how you have a problem and then you apologize and then an apology accept it like it was awesome I loved it so let's Let's talk quickly about conservative backlash in other forms and just refresh our memory for some other times that conservative backlash was brutal and ultimately and very obviously stupid and bad. This hopefully will put this moment that we're in into context and remind us that they are literally never on the right side of history. Never. Um, the people who are the uh, who are who bear the brunt of the backlash. um very often emerge victorious, and let's hope that that is what's going to happen and already is happening with this moment. You'd think that they, that the conservatives would learn too, that they're just never on the right side of history. So what are a few other examples of what this backlash has looked like? All right, well, let's talk about Beyonce
2: in early 2016 and the conservative backlash that she got for aligning herself with Black Lives Matter around the time that Formation came out and her Super Bowl performance and the video for Formation. So, you know, pundits and a lot of other conservatives said that it was anti police and an outrage because police protect all of us, which, you know, is simply never the case, never has been. Um, they said that she wrongly characterized police as racist. And Beyonce responded, clarifying that she is anti-police brutality and injustice, which is good. But she also said that she's not anti-police. I think, you know, it's, it's never a bad time to say or reiterate that police departments descended from night watches and slave patrols, and that will never not be the case in America. So there's that, but... Beyond that, Beyonce came out with these like boycott Beyonce merch items. And that was really interesting because she it's like she recognized the criticism and was not standing down. Instead, sort of daring people to walk away from her art. And that was kind of the first time that she's really done that or had to do that. And then there's also an interesting through line to Lil Nas X. Um, I'm going to quote the... Atlantic from 2016, talking about Lemonade, where it said, In the universe of the album, the opposition is both one man's suspected infidelity and a larger cultural burden that has weighed on Black women for centuries. As moving and widely relevant as Lemonade's storyline is, it is not the sort of shiny pop product designed for just anyone to insert themselves into. The quote-unquote generic tag cannot apply anymore if it ever did people finally have something to argue over regarding Beyonce other than whether her music lives up to the hype or not. So, you know, a lot of people get very uncomfortable and upset when the generic tag either isn't there in the first place or gets removed. Um, and, you know, the structural issues jump out.
1: Um and another iconic example is, of course, the chicks. There was a great TikTok from a user called Give Sharp that we saw on the B- that we saw on B sides friend Rosemary's Instagram about this. That said, conservatives love to say cancel culture is unfair if so they didn't destroy the chicks' careers in two thousands because they spoke out against the Bush administration on the Iraq War. Literally, so true. We even dedicated an episode about this. So please go back and listen to that. And now look. The chicks are collaborating with my frenemy, Jack Antonoff, and coming back stronger than ever.
0: Exactly. So you have Beyonce, you have the chicks. Another example is when Rihanna released the S&M video in 2011. And there was this immediate backlash for sexually charged imagery. It was banned in over 10 countries. And it was age-restricted on YouTube. Now, by contrast... Love the Way You Lie, which is an Eminem song that features Rihanna, connected to domestic violence, was not banned, was not age-restricted anywhere, right? So, you know, anyway, there were a lot of takes on Twitter about how no one said anything re-SNM, but are now criticizing Lil Nas X. How quickly we forget the criticisms of 2011. And if we're out here babysitting kids, which we're not, why are we not babysitting them in all the ways, right? Why is sex not okay, subject matter? But domestic violence is. It's because of race. It's because of gender. And ultimately, it is about control. Domestic violence fits into a narrative of male control. These pieces of art break that narrative and therefore are transgressive. That's an Absolutely. Great, great video. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that leads us into...
2: Perhaps the most contemporary example, WAP. In many ways, we're still in this moment. The Grammy performance of WAP stirred up similar vitriol as the kind we've been talking about today. Um, One funny moment out of the many that have characterized this conversation was when a Republican politician from California posted a pearl-clutching reaction to WAP at the Grammys, um, complaining about her dancing in view of other people's kids, Cardi B responded to to this, tweeting, the Grammys are PG. That means parental guidance, meaning it's your job, like it is mine, to my child to monitor what they watch. My performance was around 10 p.m. on a Sunday. Your child should be in bed ready for school the next day. Why are they up watching WAP? Which is (laughs) really uh, a valid point, I think, a salient point. Now, it's really impressive Horrifyingly impressive when someone can, like, offend so many people at once, um, which came in the form of a Christian rock band frontman, the frontman of the band Skillet, compared the Grammy performance to Hitler speeches, with the through line being that, like, some things are evil and declared good sometimes. Um I don't think we need to give that any more airtime, but that is sort of the the escalation of of some of the criticisms here. And then when Fox commentator Candace Owens said, parents should be terrified that this is the direction that our society is heading towards. Again, we are weakening America. We are setting the stage and it feels like we are looking at corrosion, like we are about to see the end of an empire cardi tweeted and i can never do justice to this she was like yay we made fox news guys wop 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 um and i think the three of us and probably a lot of you listening love wop 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 as an internet
0: battle cry i love that like wop 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 it's like i'm obsessed with it i also think on the um We could do a whole other episode about WAP and, you know, maybe we could or maybe we should. But another piece that I find really powerful about Cardi B's um, continued responses is that the conservative backlash is rooted in this sense of, you know, weakening American values, as Candace Owens said. Of course, they were not, you know, they did not have that same problem when the president of our country was actually weakening anything that could be possibly perceived as as an American value. And what I think is great about Cardi B is that she backs up all of her social and cultural commentary with actual politics. Like she has a political vision for the United States of America, which I think is awesome. And I like, I love that. I, she's incredibly politically um, engaged. So it's not just this like culture war. It's actually rooted in politics, which, which I love. Absolutely.
2: And the best part of any presidential debate was like watching her live on Instagram. Watch the debate instead of watching it directly.
0: The only content we need.
2: Yeah, exactly.
0: So Beyonce, Rihanna, the chicks, Cardi B and Megan The Stallion. Lil Nas X is in great company. He really is. So we started this episode with Nas's words. Let's end with them too because he put it better than any of us could. He said, there is a mass shooting every week that our government does nothing to stop. Me sliding down a CGI pole isn't what's destroying society. There you have it, folks. That's Lil Nas X. That's Montero, call me by your name. What a moment we're in. Can't wait to revisit this in, you know, however many years and see what this moment really meant for us. And that is the end of our show.
2: Thanks, everyone. Let us know what you think.
0: Yeah. Can't wait to have this
2: conversation.
0: Wop, wop, wop. Wop, wop, wop. Thanks for listening to the B-Sides podcast. We want to connect with you. Check out the show notes to find our Instagram, Twitter, and join our Facebook group where you can link up with us and other progressives who love pop.
2: Please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review if you haven't already, and consider supporting the B-Sides on Patreon. Until the next time we cut to the feeling, I'm Mimi. I'm Becky. I'm
0: Hannah.